The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, do you really believe that you've been called for such a time as this? Well, I absolutely do. And I love that phrase. I love that phrase for such a time as this so much that I even have it vinyled on a wall that I have clocks all around. Yes. And I, I, by the way, I love that look that you, you do. have with well, all the clocks you. and it, it really like makes a statement there. But so many times we ask ourselves why you answered the call. <laughs> we, we do believe for such a time as this. But um, sometimes we, it's, it's easy to, to question that, especially as, as a leader. We all have our own journeys, and your journey might be in a place of severe challenges, or maybe you're in a place of elaborate blessings. But today, we have two guests who are here for such a time as this, and both are high-capacity leaders who are leading in the trenches on the front lines, and they bring light into the dark alleys of life. Okay, before we get too far into our show, we just want to remind everyone that you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we like to rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and our guests and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. Also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, you were just talking about, you know, we all have a journey and a lot of times on our journey, it, it, it involves a lot of testing and transition and growth and, and the, really the object of our lives and when we're doing anything is, to, are we moving from here to there? Because it's not always fun when you're dealing with that. No, that, it's, that, not, it's that, not good. That transition point is, is, is difficult because you might feel like I'm called to do something and this is my moment, but then the reality of the journey can be really tough. So a question we just want to ask ourselves is, am I using, how am I using this journey, this season, and this moment? And as you reflect on your answer, our hope is that as we continue in our conversation today, that, and that you would realize we're coming alongside you to help equip and empower you to live your journey, to seize that moment, and just to be all that you can be and go on the front lines like, like, our, like our next guest is. Well, and we love to be, it, it sounds so cliche, to be cheering you on. And um, one of our girlfriends, like you said, our next guest that we love cheering on is Annie Dunwalt. And she is the CEO and founder of Eve's Angels. You can find her on www.evesangels.org. And uh, you can also go on our Facebook or on our website to find out more information about Annie. But she started 
um, this this organization, Eve's Angels, as a way to help struggling women in the sex industry find hope and recovery through the love of God. And it's crazy what she has going on and what her team does because they have a she has a street team which just started as a gra- grassroots kind of like a very organic approach to educate and inspire women in the sex industry to transform their lives. And we just want to say welcome, Annie. Hi, ladies. How are you? Well, we are doing great, and Annie, we're excited. You know, uh, we we just recently did a conference with Annie in Texas together, and we ate way too much cheesecake, and we, but we, enjoy, <laughs> we enjoyed <laughs> awesome conversations. But Annie, you have an amazing story that you just have to share with our listeners so they can hear where your passion for this industry came from. It's... Um... <laughs> This story is crazy, especially sitting on this end of it, because, you know, I I hear your introduction, and my favorite part is telling, you know, it's like, listen to what's going on now. But a lot of times I get asked, I'm like, well, why are you so fired up? Why are you so passionate about this? Like, what fuels you? And and different things fuel different people to do what they do. But I was actually in the sex industry. Um, I I got in at 19. Um, Some girls showed up in my house, and um, it was kind of like, you know, the sorority girls gone wild a little bit, and um, I became friends with them um, and just got into the drug scene, and, and within maybe a month, I mean, I was 19, they were all a little bit older than me, and um, maybe within about a month, um, I had started working with them because they were all exotic dancers, and my life went, took a drastic turn, um, and it, it, it ended me in the industry for a total of six years where I was dancing all over the country, Detroit, Chicago, all over Michigan because I live in Michigan, and um even in Las Vegas, and then I ended up getting into escorting um, towards the end of it when I was hitting rock bottom with, with life in general. And I just, I had a wake-up call and was like, how did this get this far? And so um, I, I went back home and just kind of had a, a moment. And I, looking back, you know, you, you don't realize what's going on at the time maybe, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, looking back, I knew that it, I can see that it was God at work starting to pull me in and I was an atheist at the time I ended up pregnant again and I had been pregnant several times and um I ended up pregnant and I was an atheist but I prayed so that's kind of like the running joke is that the atheist was praying uh, but desperate times call for desperate measures because I was about to have an abortion with my son and um you know just I, I was super uncomfortable now I know it is conviction you know when the Holy Spirit is is really talking to you Jesus really wants to say something but I didn't know him at the time and so I ended up praying and you know, just kind of saying, God, I don't know if you're real or you can hear me, but if you're real and you can hear me, I don't think you want me to do this, but I'm not going to stop it. You stop it. And I had to make six different appointments, or I'm sorry, five different appointments, and they all got canceled. And I ended up having my son, and then about a month later, um, a Bible scripture, Matthew 4:16. I'd never read the book, but it, it popped in my head, not like I was hearing voices, but like when a song gets stuck in your head. And um, my sister said, well, that sounds like a Bible verse. And it said, those that have sat in darkness have seen a great light. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Then the following day, I was born again. Like, instantly, I was sitting in my car, putting on my seatbelt, which, again, I think that's ironic. (laughs) Because when God starts moving, you want to put your seatbelt on. But, um, Mm. you know, and I just, I I got it. In a minute, like, I understood he was the only way to get to God and and became a Christian and found out, like, that was the thing that I had been looking for the whole time. It wasn't the money. It wasn't the drugs. It wasn't, all you know, all of the, the... the dark activity that I was in, and I knew he, if anybody was going to be able to get me out of all the stuff that I had been involved in, it was going to be him. And so, um, you know, I became a Christian. I, I got a hold of the Bible. I read it as much as I could. I read the New Testament in three weeks. I just, I was, I was like, this is the thing I've been looking for. And um, a couple years after, you know, just a lot of inner healing and, 
and just getting right with God, I started praying and said, God, what do you want me to do? What is the thing? You saved me from all this for something. What's the for something? And, um, and it was clear as day. He said, I want you to go back to the places that I got you out of, and I want you to go tell my girls that I love them. And honestly, my initial response was like, absolutely not. That is not what I want to do. Um, just being honest, I, I think that if we're all honest, you know, when God calls us to do something that's so far past ourselves, I think, to be honest, like a lot of our reactions would be like, yeah, no, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. But um, I, he won um, in that argument because he's bigger than me. And um, I started these angels with $12 to my name. I didn't even have enough money to become incorporated. It was $25. And was like, okay, God, well, you know, and then you start to wonder, like, Am I making this up in my head? And, and, you know, you pray and you're doing all you can. And, and God is so faithful and he continues to show up over and over. And now, um, this was five years ago. We launched three years ago, officially, after I got all the paperwork done. And um, we're now in seven cities in the country setting up support groups that are Bible studies. And, um, and I'm teaching, you know, Christian women to go into these places and just love and be and let, and let God and pray. Prayer is like, I burst everything out of prayer, so I'm a big fan of prayer. Um, and that's how we got started. We're, we've helped some girls where, you know, I'm doing a lot of activism with sex trafficking, and um, I'm traveling around trying to schedule in sleep at this point. So. Well, Annie, there's a few things I have to back you up. First of all, uh, once again, your passion is so contagious, and this is um, when... Just even in Dallas, uh, it just draws people in because Jesus does come out your pores. And um, when when people are in that, I, I love what you said. You know, save me some, save me from something for something. And mm-hmm. it, it just many times, it's just crying out that exact same thing. It's like, okay, God, where where can I participate with you? But I want to go back to being an atheist. Um, I, I find okay. that so intriguing because, um, as a matter of fact, one of my girlfriends, uh, I, she's an atheist. And I think that helps so many of the listeners when people say, I'm an atheist. From your perspective, what what made you feel that you absolutely did not believe in God? My thought process on that, and it was my conclusion, I'm like, is there such a thing as this God that you say he is? Um, why does my life look like this? Why is it? And I, I hear so many atheists because I meet atheists all the time. They're my favorite. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know, if God is real, this God that you say loves and he's good, you know, because everybody knows about him, these rumors, right? <laughs> and they know he's good and they know these things and they're like, but why does my life look like this? And, um, I think that's such a good question because that question, if you ask him, he'll lead you to the answer. And the answer is actually where revival starts like within an individual person. That's where my revival started. That's where my resurrection started. It was like, if you're real, why this? And he took all the things of why this and turned it around into the reason I wake up in the morning. You know what I mean? You had to go sometimes, you know, we have to go. God allows certain things to happen. Oh, you're going to probably get emails off this. Um, you can email me. <laughs> I believe that the Lord sometimes allows certain things to happen for the greater good of the things to happen. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I believe in a sovereign God. I believe that, um, you know, the devil's real. And I believe that if we really believe in the Bible and Romans 8, 28 says all things work together for the good, that means all things work together. And so, you know, even when I'm working with girls and they're like, how could this be happening? And I'm like, don't count it. Count it all joy because you have to understand that God sees it from the end of the thing. He sees how it's going to turn around and work for your good. And it's, his thoughts are higher than ours. His ways are higher. We never can 
even I, never in a million years, number one, I believe that people thought I was going to be alive for much longer when I was in there. Number two, they didn't think I was ever going to be saved. And number three, they definitely didn't think I was ever going to be in ministry. Like, it's this big, so you don't know what, you know, at any given time what God is up to. And so I always tell atheists, you know, um, these things happen because you're having a natural experience for a supernatural testimony to give glory to God. And they kind of look at me like, what? And then, you know, it. They, I always get these phone calls or these emails like, that's so weird that you said that. Because had A, B, and C not happened, you know, E, F, and G. And so when you start to give them a broader scope of, this is how it could be. Look at it. Don't look at it. You know, don't lose yourself to the truth from the forest or however you want to put it. Um, you know, I kind of just come back. I think it's atheism, honestly, is just rooted in helpless, um, hopelessness and maybe some lies of some religion, too, that they've come in contact with. You know, I had a lot of Christians tell me, you know, you're going to hell. And I would say, I'm already in it. Thanks for the weather report. Annie, we're going to take you know, a quick break. And when we return, we're going to continue our conversation with Annie Donawalt, who is totally lighting up the darkness. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Network presents the Diva Download with Tracy and Tasha. If you think Diva is all about attitude and drama, think again. The Diva Download is the premier online radio program where girls of all ages, shapes, sizes, and colors get together to redefine what it means to be a diva so that all girls can discover their inner diva and develop a healthy sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Being a true diva means you're diverse. Involved, value-driven, and active. That's today's diva. If you want to celebrate the girl in your life through education, encouragement, empowerment, and entertainment, join us every week on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and celebrate the essence of being a girl only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back 
to our show this day. We are talking with our guest, Annie Dunwalt, CEO and founder of Eve's Angels. And Annie, uh, we were just, we're actually um, going off on your your high, uh, and you're not high on caffeine, which normally Lisa and I are. <laughs> so you are just like I always a- say there's no high like the most high, you know, <laughs> for all the drugs and everything else. Jesus is really real, you guys. Well, you were um, just, uh, you have so many stories that we want to unpack, but just talking about um, literally being an atheist, and I love that, how you were a praying atheist, which just um, <laughs> so many people can relate to that in some of their, their conversations with uh, their friends where they believe in something. They just say, I don't believe in, in God. But if you ask them, okay, look at this creation, look at all of this wonder. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. I, I believe in a higher being. I just, I don't believe in God. But I, I just want to um, also talk today because you deal in obviously such darkness. And I know at one point, you, you know, you were even sharing with me how there there are women being left, you know, dead in the trunk of a car. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. easy to be so passionate and go, where's the church? You know, where are God's people when um, you're in this darkness and you see it taking place in the spiritual warfare? Like, and, and that's why, like you said, you're such a strong advocate of prayer. You have to be um, yeah, yeah. because you are witnessing some of the spiritual warfare. Tell us just some some stories of that, how you're able to witness that, but you're you're like you said, Romans eight twenty eight. God allows it to happen, but because God's people are there participating, there's also you some know, I, things. I think I think what it is is that you get in the trenches. You know, we're all call, called to take our light into dark places. So mine just happens to be pretty extreme um, as far as what I'm doing. But darkness is darkness at any given time. The thing is, is that um, you know, burnout can be so easy when you're dealing with that amount of stuff, unless you constantly are pulling back. You know, Jesus constantly went to a place alone and, and you know, spent time with the Father. I think um, my biggest weapon of warfare um, is, and just to kind of keep your mind where you, you're, if you're giving out hope, you have to be full of hope. So regardless of what it seems like, looks like, feels like, you have to be rooted in your word. You have to know what the word says. The word says you're more than a conqueror. My biggest um, weapon of mass destruction when it comes to warfare is... Um, is first of all, it's prayer, obviously, but it's also your your identity, um, knowing who you are, and then going and speaking those things to certain to girls. You know, the easiest way to dispel darkness is to speak truth, and the truth isn't well. You know, you ought to not do this. You know, you you are in sin. Like that's a fact, <laughs> but the truth is, let's call out her identity. You know, the truth is, and and you know, darkness can't dwell when you start speaking truth. It's just the way that it is. It's like the spiritual law of the kingdom of God. And so, um, you know, when, when a girl sits in front of me and she's saying, you know, this happened and this horrible thing, and, you know, like you said, there, there were six girls at one point in Detroit in, Detroit in a month where uh, they were found murdered in Trump's escorts. And so, you know, you sit back and you're like, okay, this is warfare, really? Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to call a prayer summit and a prayer vigil, and I want you to pray. And we have like 250 people. Do you understand how violent that is to the spiritual realm? You know, prayer is spiritual. The warfare is not carnal. It's mighty. And it's in the spiritual realm. You have to really get your reality in faith, which is a spiritual thing. We're talking about spiritual. These are spiritual things where your faith has to be rooted in, in the word. And you have to know. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. You know, you have to have a relationship that when you hear the Lord or you feel the unction of the Holy Spirit, say, take a left or say this. All of heaven is backing you up when he gives you a direction. And so, you know, again, when he says, 
number one, all things work together for your good. Number two, you're more the conqueror. You know, that the, the enemy was put underneath the feet of Jesus Christ. Well, we're his body. So, therefore, he's underneath us. We don't fight upward. We fight downward, and we just... We know that the enemy is already defeated. It's just being rooted in that reality rather than the reality of, oh, boy, you know, this is all breaking loose. And sometimes that takes going back and getting refreshed and being still and just spending time with the Lord. Well, you make such a great point, the whole thing of identity. I mean, all the great points, like prayer, but identity, because as women, just... Even if you have not been in the sex industry, as women, we all struggle with our identity. What is yes. our, true, our true worth? I don't care who you are. We all struggle with that if we're really going to be honest, especially women in the sex industry who have lost their voice, who have lost their identity. Somebody has stolen it. They've been taken captive. And what a great reminder that when you go back to the truth, like you said, the truth of God's word that says you are a conqueror. You are a woman yes. of value and worth. And we got to keep reminding each other of that as we remind these gals and other women who we are working with because patty and i are like so passionate like you are for women in the sex industry but also just women trying women, to do yes, or trying to lead because we just get beat up because the enemy does not want us to succeed and there is such a powerful force at work against us but like you said we know god is greater that you know he's in us and he is greater and we have the power of heaven at within us. And so we need to be reminded of that, even though we may know it, it, it constantly is being tested by the enemy. So identity is a huge thing. Identity is huge. It is huge, huge. for every woman. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it too, I think a lot of the struggle, you know, and I believe that the Lord is really breaking loose in the country because I meet other women that, you know, God has been speaking to just like you ladies. But I think a lot of it too is that for so long, you know, we don't understand that we, as a woman, are made in the likeness and image of God, just like a man is. And so we don't need to find our identity in other people, but we can find our identity because we're the mere image of, of God, just like a man is. And we're equal, you know, and so because at the beginning he said, let us make man in our image, male and female, let us make them like us. And so, you know, I, I think that the world has identified, in this country, the world has identified a woman by her sexuality, and then the church to, because we haven't been clear about what we are as a woman, has identified us by our anti-sexuality in its religious form. Not all the churches, so don't email me hate mail, but the church, you know, the religious system, the lie says, you know, wear a turtleneck. That's defining you as a woman. Or, you know, don't wear any makeup. That defines you as a woman. No, God has a specific design for each woman that he created. And I think that we are so much more powerful because we are made in the likeness and image of God. And when you start to get that reality, Things change. You start to understand the capacity to set up the kingdom on earth, you know. And, again, this is where the conquering begins. This is where warfares are won. This is where the enemy is defeated because when you know who you are, he can't do anything with you. Well, and, and I have to go back because my, my mind is always so random. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when you're talking about wearing, you know, uh, turtlenecks and stuff, Lisa and I both we both grew up in the church. So we're all, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's what we, I, I actually went to a Christian school and they would put burlap on your dress if it was, you know, an oh, inch Lord. above your knee. So coming from the sex industry, I do laugh because we will bring girls that we have met in the clubs to church and they have a whole different wardrobe. And so at what yeah. <laughs> point did you realize, like, perhaps I need to change, um, some of my attire because it, it is interesting if that's just what you what you've always worn it's just it's, the culture it, it's the culture of the sex industry and i'm not saying 
it's okay, it's not okay. I'm saying um, let's not identify, let's not find our identity uh, because the Bible says no, no man by the flesh. Yes. You know what I mean? So when you start to really realize who you are in the spirit, you don't want things hanging out and so on and so forth. But at the same time, you don't, you don't create your identity based on, you know, covering up those things or, or being shameful to be a woman, you know, because we are curvy or, you know what I mean? Or whatever yes. else. Um, I think that there's balance in it's, it's just finding out who you are in the Lord. And like I said, when they find out who they are in the Lord, I've seen girls change their whole entire wardrobe just because the Holy Spirit was like, hey, cover up, sweetie, you're worth more than that, you know? Yeah. And then that is such a great way to position that because so many times, like you said, in the church, we shame um, girls. And, and I, I know especially I work with the high school girls and we have a tendency to go, oh, you know, cover that up. You're wearing that. Right. You're better than that. And she might not even be conscious of the fact that that's happening. And now we're calling. It's like you're pointing out sin again instead of saying, yes. you know, I don't know. Hey, you know, you're, you're strong. I see the strength in you. And calling out her identity as a spiritual woman of God rather than focusing in on her short skirt. Well, let's go back to the identity a little bit and just expand. So that is quite the process because it is a total paradigm shift, especially for the women in the sex industry to go, mm-hmm. what? I have yeah. value. I have worth. I'm, I'm worth more than Because they feel mm-hmm. defeated, not like the raging warrior that we're trying to see. So to explain a little bit of that process because I know for a lot of listeners, they're, they're in, they're in ministry and they're, they're trying to identify with these women, mm-hmm. but yet move them from here to there. So explain a little bit of that process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, number one, um, anybody that's listening that, um, and sometimes this happens to me too where I'm like, okay, God, how am I going to get her to understand who she is in you? And, and the Lord will remind me, you're not, I am. And I'm like, okay. So the, the burden kind of gets lifted, and then you're a little bit free to just hear from the Lord as to, you know, at any given time what, what needs to be said or, you know, how to pray for her or whatever else. But um, I think that, you know, just, again, just knowing your word and speaking the truth to her and not not correcting her in, in well, you know, you're believing a lie. Just by speaking truth dispels a lie. You know, sh- there's so much shame involved with a lot of women and in, in women in the sex industry. Shame is not of God. You know, condemnation is not of God. Hopelessness is not of God. So when you start speaking messages of truth to them, the light starts coming on and you're planting seed and that's really all we've been called to do as christians you know the, the rest is up to the lord the, the increases of the lord and so you know just being free in the fact that like it's not my job to or you know releasing the burden of like it's not my job to do this all i have to do is speak the truth in love and so mm-hmm. i think well, that and you, really... we only have a minute left we have to break first of all we want to thank you for just coming on and Sharing your passion that, like Patty said earlier, it's oozing out your love for Jesus and for truth and for these women. You really are um, a warrior for these women and, and a cheerleader for them. And we all need that. In, in just a short amount of time, is there something you just want to leave our listeners with, um, whether it's identity or the truth, and that we can just walk away with? I would just like to encourage any woman that's listening to this to just really get into prayer and um, don't ever feel like you're underqualified to change the world because you're not. <laughs> um, the minute that, you know, it, it take, take inventory of the things that you've been through and, and, and just bring them before the Lord and say, how can you use this? How could you change somebody else's life with this? Because honestly, it's the most fulfilling thing, you know, that, that there is. So I would just encourage everybody to do something with the, you know, with the life that they've been given and, 
we have a short amount of time here, but um, there are people that need to hear your story, and there are people that need you to step up and, and tell them your story so they too can be free and they can know the Lord. Well, thank you for that reminder. We need to be reminded of our identity and our words. We're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll be back with Dr. Cassie Lee. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, I met our next guest, Dr. Cassie Reed, a couple of months ago while I was attending a conference in Texas. It was called Pink Impact. And though um, my meeting with her was really short, we um, we had an instant connection. And it was one of those things that right away we just kind of said, you know, what are you passionate about? What, what do you do? And, and we both discovered that we have a passion for women that have been trapped in the sex industry. And it was, uh, of course, over a Starbucks experience, ran into her. I saw her at the conference, and then I was sitting at Starbucks, and there she walked in. And so, you know, coffee is a great connection, too. <laughs> and so getting highly caffeinated together. But we shared our passion, and we realized that this wasn't a coincidence. This was really a God appointment. And since then, I've had the opportunity to talk to her, hear a little bit more about her Heart. And it totally goes in, it's like we've been talking about on our show with Annie earlier, and just helping women see their identity and understand the truth of God's word and how that can really change them. Well, um, we are totally leaning into this conversation today because it really hits our passion point. And some great tips are emerging for women that are leading and trying to work with women and really for each one of us to realize our identity. Well, Dr. Cassie Reed is a woman dedicated to freedom and destiny. She has a private therapy practice in South. Lake 
Texas, where she gets to dive into her passion every day. That, that's pretty significant. That's pretty cool. Um, though spiritual freedom, learned therapy, and a variety of other techniques, she provides clients with a powerful plan to combat any problem. And you can learn um, more about Dr. Reed and her and what she provides and um, how she equips people at CassieReed.com. That's C-A-S-S-I-E-R-E-I-D.com for, for more information. Well, Cassie, we want to welcome you to our show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. Well, we have been so excited about this show on so many different levels and just excited to hear from insights from you and your point of view because you totally have a passion for this. And you've been saying how you've been doing some more research into a lot of the, the strongholds and things that kind of accompany this whole sex industry and the darkness. So can you share with us a little bit how you became interested in working with clients dealing with sexual abuse and sexual issues? You know, it's interesting. I found that the trend used to be that it seemed like so few people were dealing with sexual abuse and sexual issues, and it was such a thing that was kept in the dark. But the more I saw clients, and especially women, and the more that I was around people, the more I found that it was actually a more widespread widespread problem. Actually, there's probably, it's easier to find someone who has been abused or has had a sexual situation as opposed to someone who hasn't. That is very true. Patty and I are always saying that we're so amazed is when we, you know, go to conferences or we meet with women, quite frequently that story emerges from, from a woman and we're just going, okay, you're right. It's like, why? It seems like all of a sudden you're hearing that more and more. And it's like, is anybody out there like normal. Yeah, it doesn't well, have a story. And and you always hear and, and maybe I have the, the stats that are incorrect, Cassie, so correct me, but um one out of every four women has had mm-hmm. some type of sexual mm-hmm. abuse. But yet when we're out there, um apparently we hit that one person out of four. <laughs> because it just seems like it's all around you. Um but but when you do even looking at that that you go one out of four that's a lot mm-hmm. of women it is. it is it is and you know it's interesting because i feel like you know in my practice i i have a phd but i love to start in the spiritual and frankly i rely a lot heavier on the holy spirit and kind of his guidance and discernment when working with someone and so you know my whole goal with someone is to bring that to light and it is that significant of a, of a number, and I'm so glad that maybe more people are talking about it or addressing it like you ladies, and just because I think it makes it so much easier to bring that into the light. You know, the enemy loves the dark, and my whole heart cry and kind of my life motto is knowledge is power. If you know about something, you then therefore have power over that thing. And so my goal in in what I do and in my practice and with my team and, and any thing that I do is that to how do we bring situations that the enemy wants to keep in the dark into the light so that freedom and healing and peace and restoration can come. Well, and it, and that's such a significant thing because so much of the sexual abuse, sexual issues is wrapped around secrets and secrets really do, they trap us. And once, and we're, and then you see so many people and women, especially they're afraid to, to share their secret. Cause it's like, where is my secret safe? And I've been told to keep the secret and, 
so how do you how do you navigate that with, with women going okay it's okay to reveal my secrets because there is freedom when you bring the darkness to light but that is a hard thing to convince some women to do it, it is absolutely and you know what I feel like the root of that is is comparison you know I think what we do so many times especially as women is we're always looking to compare and to see what someone else has and I think you know one of the revelations kind of the Lord gave me is that we always are looking for like an original outfit or an original bracelet or an original floor plan for our home or a home decor item but then when it comes to destiny or when it comes to who we are as people we want to be exactly like everyone else and so, you know, it's interesting that we strive for that. You know, you don't want someone to have that same thing you have, but then we're so hesitant to share the truth about what we do. But I think comparison is the biggest thing, especially if you're in the church at all, because if you have a flaw or blemish, then you can't be used. And that's the lie of the enemy. You know, if, if I admit this, then someone will find out, and then how could I lead this or do this or be there? When, in my opinion, is that makes you all the more credible to me. I like people with stories and with situations and circumstances because I think in the nitty-gritty is where the Holy Spirit really refines us and makes us and does His work in us and gives us the story to tell on the other side. That that is so true, and and we have become um, pretty toxic as the church at, at large of, of shaming people when they do reveal their stories and that mm-hmm. they can't be used. And so that I mean, you really do are offering hope and purpose to these women. Going okay, God doesn't waste any experience. He uses our stories for his glory. And how could my story be used? Because it's not about me anymore. It's about God co-authoring with me in my story. And in those experiences, as painful as they, as they were and as they are, but there is also that hope and restoration like you talked about. Okay. When you go back to this, what is, there are some significant strongholds in this whole area with sexual abuse and sexual issues. Can you kind of identify some of those? Because a lot of times it's been passed on generation to generation, or and it goes back to identity. People, have lost, women have lost their identity, whether it was stolen from them or they have, you know, kind of let it slip away. How? What are some unique strongholds that you have seen just with this whole issue? That's a good question. There are a lot of things that I'm seeing emerging. And, and you know, I obviously, like, I see this a lot, but I'm really in the early stages of researching a lot of new developments that have kind of been brought to my attention in the spirit realm, you know, just from the Lord saying, check this out. This seems to be a trend. Um, and, you know, again, I, I'm hesitant to speak too much about it because there are some experts out there, and I am not yet one. I'd like to be eventually, but um, there's a lot of things, I think, that become suppressed memories for women. And that is where I'm finding more and more and more women who have basically done this deal where they've maintained and they've pushed down and they've um, they've just really found all these coping strategies. Typically, they manifest themselves in control or in cutting or in eating disorders or things like this that would manifest and label that person something totally different than what they need to be labeled, if that makes sense. So from a clinical perspective, they're be coming in because they are a cutter or they're coming in because they have an eating issue or they're coming in because they um, they can't let go of control. But in reality, there's a suppressed 
sexual memory. And, you know, even in a lot of cases, there's a lot of ritualistic abuse that goes on that really lies under the surface. And that's kind of where I'm starting to really research and feel called to, to work with and understand more. Um, and so that's why, you know, I, I feel so passionate about this subject as of late because it's just seeing the trend and being able to look back at even doing years of therapy and saying, oh, yeah, okay, thank you, you know, Lord, for showing me that because I think so many people come in with one problem, but the reality is there's so much more at the root. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, the thing like that we are passionate about too is helping these women because if you can help moms and women you can help be a part of breaking the cycle for the next generation because you see a lot of that passing on it's like we're going to stop it right here so that the children coming up are not affected by it and they don't inherit it and they don't see that and they don't emulate that and so it really is significant helping women deal with that because you're helping two generations at the same time Oh, and you know, it's, I am bored some days at what I get to do for a living. Like, I get paid to do this, and it's just, some days I just want to pinch myself because it is, it's generations that are existing now and generations to come because typically when you see a sexual abuse pattern, it is generational. A lot of times you'll see, um, you know, a mom that's just struggled with a porn addiction due to a sexual abuse issue because, you know, it, I feel like anything sexual is so sneaky and it's so like you said in the dark so people don't really want to talk about it but the mom will be struggling with a porn addiction or the dad will be struggling with a porn addiction and the next thing you know I've got you know I've had kids as young as four years old in here who understood how to google certain terms and pull up pornographic images and it's like you know a three-year-old doesn't know that you know, to Google those things. And it's something, there's a spiritual thread that, you know, and sometimes it even goes back, like I said, to the ritualistic abuse and things that our grandparents and great-grandparents have been involved in, that the enemy has an open door. He has an open door to that family and to that situation to, um, you know, just to wreak havoc. And if there's an open door in that area, you can put every check and balance in place that you possibly could imagine. But without understanding the root cause, it's always going to resurface in some way. You know, so I want to, my passion is to help people be free of that because then ultimately that keeps the next generations, you know, safe in a way, you know, and also it educates us that this isn't something that you can keep in the dark and just take lightly. It's a legitimate, actual, real situation that requires our attention. And, you know, for me, it's like, I'm going to fight for this. I'm not going to take this sitting down. I'm not going to ignore it. Like, I have feel such passion that rises up inside of me that I want to fight for women, and I want to fight for families, and I want to fight for children because, really, the people in the wake are children. And the enemy, if he can get his hands on you as young as, you know, two and three years old in, in a sexual abuse situation, there's a lot of things that you may have to overcome without addressing that into the rest of your life. It's almost like he's like, okay, check, about that one. Moving on. And so I am here to say I fight for that. I am not allowing that on my watch. And well, I feel Pastor, so passionate. We're going to take a quick break. And when we're coming yes. back, continue this with your wealth of insight and information. We'll be right back. Okay.
Plus is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Mary Beth Wells Hour is a talk radio show where we reach out, reach deep, and talk about topics of substance. We'll cover points of interest, such as World War II and the Holocaust, the Vietnam War, the planets and the oceans, skydiving, rock climbing, and much, much more. Join me every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we delve into and discuss fascinating subjects. It's a program to pique your interest for sure. Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are back with our guest, Dr. Cassie Reed, who is a counselor dedicated to freedom and transformation. And Cassie, we went on a commercial break, uh, just leaving with the root of the problem. And uh, I love how you're like, I am, I am not going to tolerate it. I'm, I'm going to fight it, and especially when you're dealing with these um, just young children. Like you said, how uh, it gets manifested in this generational sin. And when you're talking about that the knowledge is power, I think it is good to unpack some of this of how if you do have an open door or some type of portal in that area of your life, the enemy will come in. And I I just want to kind of, like I said, unpack that a little bit more. Where are some areas that that you see that and how can people stop that from manifesting in their family? Well, I think a lot of people, like we discussed generationally, there's an open door. I think sometimes we don't realize a huge area that I'm finding, and it seems insignificant, but is truly in what we allow into our mind, into our, you know, just into our ears, even what we hear. And so much of our culture is so, um, is so sexualized. You know, I did a, some research on like this top 40 radio for a parenting class I was teaching in, I found that the top 40 Disney songs and the top 40 songs just on the charts in general were quite similar. And some of the titles of the songs and the nature of the songs that made it onto Disney radio were appalling, you know? And so something like that, just even the smallest bit of like, 
entertaining something, you know, understanding um, just, you know, just in the things we hear and the things we see. I find that that happens a lot with kids. If they see something or hear a friend mention something, the next thing you know, they Google it and it's their hook. You know, because there's such a lore of mystery. And um, I think even with people, I think there can be open doors in the sense of, you know, shame is our, is a huge area that women struggle with. I think men too, really. But where they'll feel ashamed about something that they've done. Maybe they've had a lot of partners or maybe before they were saved, there were just things they engaged in. And I think that shame almost perpetuates the cycle in some ways too because they feel so ashamed that they just, okay, well, you know, and they, they don't really deal or they don't really feel like they can be free. And so I think that's another area. I think, you know, obviously um, pornography is a huge, huge open door, um, anything like that. I think... Um, Sometimes even just, I I have to just interrupt you. I was literally at Ross the other day and there, I was looking in the sporting section. There was a t-shirt and it was obviously marketed for the tween because it was a young girl, probably 12, 13 on the cover and it had the playboy logo Mm. and the shirt came up above her booty and it was, it was a naked booty. I could not believe it. I almost went to the manager and I, and I, and I felt badly that I'm saying this out loud that I didn't do something about it, but it was one of those things where I wanted to go seriously. I have never seen, I mean, mm. this was just a picture on the t-shirt at a normal store mm-hmm. and it wasn't like she mm-hmm. had a bikini bottom on. And, and so mm-hmm. it, it's the whole, the, the playboy logo is being marketed to the tween years. Mm-hmm. It's not like mm-hmm. I mean, you can get, um, b- the bathing suits has the playboy logo, the cover-ups, the, the hats, it's all in the tween section, you know, from that size 11 to size 13. And, and just making women even aware, like we were just saying, um, of what is appropriate for their kids and what is not appropriate and, and standing your ground there to go, no, we're not buying into this. Well, especially um, being aware, because that's a fairly new, the Snapchat or the Snapshot. Is it Snapchat? Mm-hmm. I forget. But um, that has been, uh, it's so hot right now because... Facebook has been inundated by parents. <laughs> so, so the kids aren't, they're not as willing to, to put everything out there. And for some reason, they think, like you said, since it only lasts for five seconds or however long you're, you're holding your thumb down on the picture, uh, adults can't really see it because it's just whoever it was sent to. Mm-hmm. And they think it's cool for whatever reason because it's just a quick, it's just a quick blip. But, they're not aware of every single thing that gets put on the internet can be found somehow. And I even tell my kids, um, Hey, we, we can find out whatever you put out there because there are ways to go into the computers and do that. And I think parents, even just knowing that and getting their passwords and understanding and, and, and being cool about it, not in a, you know, in a, a way that, like you said, is shaming or anything else, but just, I'm doing this because I like to be held accountable and we want to hold you accountable. And it's more about the others that might be sending you something that we just need to be aware of who your friends are and, and all of that. But it's so important. 
It well, is. And, you know, it's interesting hearing, like, your friend that was on previously because, you know, I find these kids will send a picture or be convinced to send a provocative picture, and it's such a slippery slope. You know, kind of like she was saying, well, I started this way. I just started, you know, um, you know, with some friends in the house. Next thing I was doing this and dancing all over the country and then in an escort service. And it's like I feel like that shame creeps in and then the filter gets eliminated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Well, let's go in the few moments that we have left. What is the best approach when starting to work with somebody who has experienced um, sexual abuse or these issues from your end? What, how do you start that process and, and, and really working with them? You know, I think the first thing is to really build trust because I feel like most people who've experienced that have not been in a lot of trustworthy situations. Um, you know, that obviously is a violation of trust and the, from, from in itself. Um, I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is that is to to normalize a little bit for them, like make them feel like you're not alone. There are so many people in this boat. Like, don't worry. The other thing is, I feel spiritually like like our society and culture tries to make it hard. Like, you know, you've got to go back and you've got to drudge this up and work for years in counseling. That's not how I do things. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit is gracious and kind and he wants the best for us and he wants us to be free. And a lot of times I'll work with people only for a little bit of time, you know, like a month maybe or so. And we can sometimes process through it and they feel great and just call me when they need to because I think that's the lie, that it has to be a lengthy process. So normalizing and helping them feel like, this is fine, we got this, this isn't going to be a big deal, we're going to figure it out, we're going to ask the Lord. And uh, I think the Holy Spirit is key, really, in too, in just bringing the freedom well, you make a good point because I do think so many of us, we see a need we and it's overwhelming. And especially if this is a misunderstood area or it, it's and because it's so dark, people are hesitant to go in and try to, you know, really help somebody or, or work through it. Um, but it really doesn't have to be complicated, like you said, and really allowing the Holy Spirit and being sensitive to that and. Um, I know at first uh, I was very hesitant to get involved because I, I don't have that past and I don't totally relate. And you hear so many people have so many different opinions of what you need to do and it gets overwhelming and you're going, okay, this is so complicated. I don't know how to do it, but what you're saying, these three tips and, you know, just earn trust. And that's what we have found it just build a relationship where these girls know that you're not shaming them, that you trust them, that you are their cheerleader and, and allowing the Holy spirit truly to, to lead in that. And that is a great, that is a great approach and that, that we can take. And, um, it, it is it is just so interesting with this because it is such a dark area. And like you had said earlier in the conversation we had is really bathing it in prayer because we have to just be so mindful of that is is as we are approaching this subject, it, it we do need that prayer coverage for our lives mm-hmm. or anything we have mm-hmm. influence over because it is such a dark area that our culture has saturated and does not want us to penetrate at all because there's so much money involved. So yeah. we, we only have two minutes. Uh, to before we end the show, is there just a great tip that you can leave with the listeners on this subject? You know, I think um, the best tip is to, to, like I said, bring it into the light. Even if it's just with a friend, if it's one, that's the first step. You know, just 
releasing that. And if you know someone, you know, even just being willing to talk with them about that. I think that's the biggest key is just discussing it, is to not let things operate in the dark and not be like, oh, well, that might be weird, but I'm just going to ignore that. No, like, it's just to say, hey, that's strange. Like, let's talk about that. Let's let's see if that's, I'm sensing this, you know, and let's, let's address it with your kids, with your spouse, with your friends, with yourself. I think that's the biggest tip that I can say. And that is a significant tip because we have to have these conversations and, and then create the awareness of, of, of this issue and not let the enemy hold those secrets and, and keep us trapped by that. Well, again, we want to thank you so much, Cassie, just for joining our show, sharing your insight and your wisdom. And you can learn more about our guest today, Annie and, and Cassie on our website at girlfriendit.com. And we just want to challenge all of us to really be the light in those dark places by becoming more aware and better educated and like dr reed said knowledge is power and it doesn't have to be complicated so go be a light and let your light shine have a great day thank you for being a part of this special program girlfriend it the show dedicated to the most important woman you know 